Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. Everybody doing well? Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. So I just want you to look at your neighbor and just say, man, you look good. And if, it, if your mom's around, you need to really make sure you butter that bread and say that. And then you can look back at them and say, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It is good to see you. It's great to see everybody. If you've got kids and life kids, we're going to get them all sugared up and then we're going to get them back to you. And that's what we love about that. But at least you get a little bit of a break right now. And uh, man, uh, just a beautiful day, beautiful week. Uh, I thought about making a joke about I'm glad, glad for global warming, but then so I thought somebody might email me. So if you're going to email me, it's rcoggins at lifechurchwi.com. But man, this weather is going to be great this week. I think this is like the warmest Easter. I've been, this is my 21st Easter in Wisconsin. I think this is like the warmest Easter ever. I know, it's pretty amazing. So a good, Ryan's looking at me like he should not have made that joke. But anyhow, it's so... I'm just, this is great. Good to see you. I just like looking at you. Is that all right? Just for a minute, just kind of taking it all in. Jim, you look good in pink today. Nice, nice. Your masculinity's coming through right there on that one. That's good. Everybody looking good. People are like, do not look at me right now or say my name. So it's good to have you. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be all over the Gospels today. But I'm going to end in John's Gospel. And uh, I want to talk to you this morning just for a few minutes. I, I won't be lying long. Matter of fact, uh, I was so short last service that they were, the band I don't think was even ready for me. So isn't that great? Yeah. But I get longer every service. That's my problem. And so 11 o'clock, we may be here for a while. But um, we're, the, today on Easter Sunday, we celebrate resurrection. That's what Easter Sunday is all about. It's all about the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, but he rose from the grave. And so we celebrate that. And if you look in the Gospels, there are five funerals that are recorded in the Gospels. There are five resurrections that are recorded in the Gospels. Very interesting. And so I just want to look at those for a few minutes today. And then, and then the worship team is going to come back, do a song, and then we'll be dismissed and we'll go. But the first is a resurrection of the widow's son. Not even given a name. We just know it's a widow. And again, you have to understand in the first century, a widow, uh, basically her insurance for for retirement, social security, social welfare, whatever, in order to take care of her, uh, being the fact that her husband had died, it would have been her son or sons. Well, this is her only son, the Bible says. So her entire world is gone. Her future is gone. She will be relegated to begging, in essence. And she doesn't come to Jesus. She doesn't ask for anything. She doesn't even inquire of Jesus. But Jesus sees her, and Jesus sees a funeral procession. And the Bible says that this woman was acquainted with grief, which meant this had been a very hard life for her. And in the context of that, Jesus interrupts the funeral procession. Can you imagine the, the, the hearse and the cars and the procession are on their way to the graveyard, and, and, and Jesus stops and I had somebody in the foyer after the first service said, yeah, but he, he, they own a funeral home, uh, Shimmons. And he just said, yeah, but I hope somebody's still pray, paying for the funeral, right, at some point. Because <laughs> we had, you know, you can do what you want to do. But, and I was just like, that is so not right. But anyhow, he stops the funeral procession. He interrupts it. And then he raises the young man to life. He commands the young man to arise. Luke's gospel, chapter 7, verse 13 says, And when the Lord saw the widow, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. 
The very first resurrection story we see in in the New Testament is Jesus seeing compassion on a woman who doesn't inquire anything of her, yet he steps right into her grief, right into her sorrow, right into her pain, and he steps in and he relieves it by the resurrection of her son. It just reminds me the compassion of God that can show up in very difficult and grief-stricken seasons that we go through. He can turn death into life, loss into gain, and sorrow into joy. The second resurrection that we see in Scripture in the New Testament is Jairus' daughter. Jairus' daughter, now he, Jairus was a, was a local synagogue ruler, so he would have been someone who would have been part of the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those who actually would be the religious leaders of the day that would give Jesus such a hard time. He would be actually associated with the group that would have ultimately uh, sent the temple guards out in the Garden of Gethsemane and brought Jesus and tried him in the middle of the night in order not to have a public insurrection and takes him and has him crucified. This leader has a daughter who's sick. It's interesting when you have kids that get sick, how all of a sudden everything goes out the window and you'll do anything you can for your children. And he goes to Jesus and he implores of him, please, will you come and heal my daughter? The Bible says she's about 12 years of age. Will you please come and heal her? And before Jesus arrives, the daughter dies. And when Jesus arrives at the house of Jairus, this ruler in the synagogue, Jesus sends all the mourners away. He takes the child's hand and he commands her to arise. He resurrects her from the dead. Luke chapter 8, verse 49 and 50 says, And while he was still speaking, this is Jesus, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. I love that phrase. But Jesus, on hearing him, do not fear, only believe, and she will be made well. Let me tell you what's happening. Jesus is preaching and speaking. And if you speak you are a public communicator for a living, you get this because there are multiple conversations that are going on in your mind as you're standing in front of a group of people. Today, as I'm talking in front of you, I see different faces. It reminds me of different people, different memories, different thoughts. I hear things. It's amazing what I can hear here on this stage, not because of the Holy Spirit, but just because of the dynamics of this room. Yeah. And, and I see things, and it's just it's very interesting. And so in the middle of all that, he's preaching and teaching, and he hears somebody come to Jairus and says, hey, don't bother him anymore because she's dead. Jesus stops what he's saying in mid-sentence, and he addresses the conversation that's going on in the congregation and says, don't worry, we'll get to there in a minute. She's not dead. She'll be well. And, 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 and then the Bible says that he goes to her house. And when he goes to her house, he commands her to be raised from the dead. And she does. It's just another reminder to all of us that when we take our faith, our faith, and we bring it to, to Jesus. And, and, and Jesus is so faithful that we can watch him bring dead things to life. Dead marriages brought to life. Medical diagnosis is brought from death unto life. Prodigal, prodigal sons and daughters from death unto life every single time. The third resurrection that we see in the New Testament is a resurrection of Lazarus. Now, Mary and Martha and Lazarus were people who were personal friends of Jesus. They were people that knew Jesus. They were people that Jesus was in their home and they were in his life and in his ministry. And they, Mary and Martha, the two sisters, sent for Jesus because their brother Lazarus was ill. And they asked Jesus to come and to, to heal him. And when Jesus had arrived, Lazarus was dead. Matter of fact, he'd already been dead for four days. He was in the tomb. 
Now think about this. Jesus not only doesn't arrive on time to minister to his ailing friend in his time of death and on his deathbed. He's not there to comfort him or to comfort his sisters on the deathbed. He's not even there for the funeral. He's not there for the graveside service, right? The the fried chicken, the potato salad, everything that's happened at the dinner, at the funeral dinner afterwards, it's all gone. Everything is gone. They, They have resumed back to life at this point. And Jesus shows up. And when he shows up, the Bible says multiple times, he's deeply moved by the death of his friend. And he has the tombstone moved away and he cries out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that Lazarus walks from the grave. John's gospel chapter 11 records this. And in verse 32 through 35, it says, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and she saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Like death limited Jesus in some capacity. And when Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who had also come with her were also weeping. And he, Jesus, was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Not because of the death, because he knew he was going to resurrect him from the grave. But he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And verse 35, Jesus wept. Now, if you had to memorize scripture as a kid at all, you know this verse. Because it's the shortest verse in the Bible. Like my mom would say, before I could go out and ride bikes with my friends, I, I had to have a, my scripture memory good. John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. And I was out the door because that was it. Amen? Amen. I didn't think a whole lot about it as a kid. But, but as an adult, I just sit there and think, in the middle of their pain and suffering, he sits down with them and he cries. Now, would you cry over a problem or a situation that you knew you were about to remedy? No, probably not. Probably you just go, hey, let, there's no need to cry. Let's don't, don't do this. Let, let, I, let Lazarus come forth. Let's just let me fix the situation. But he doesn't do that. He sits with them in their misery. He sits with them in their grief. He sits with them before he does the miracle of resurrection for Lazarus. He sits with them. At this point in time, he's already raised this widow's son from the grave. He's already already raised up Jairus' daughter from death. This is not the first time he's done this, but but this is the first time that they've been experiencing this, and he just sits in that. And it just lets me know that God never leaves us alone, even in the middle of our misery and our grief. If you haven't faced pain in this world, you will. I know you're like, I shaved my legs for that. Like, really? Like, that's, that's the good news today? If you haven't faced hardship or, or, or hurt, it's going to happen. Grief is going to happen to all of us. Pain is going to happen to all of us. The Bible says that God gives and God takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord, that it rains on the just and on the unjust. That in this world, Jesus said, you will have trouble. But here's the good news. Take heed. I'm with you and I've overcome the world. God doesn't leave us alone in our grief and in our misery, but he meets us there just like he did with Mary and Martha. He weeps with us there just like he did with Mary and Martha. He, when our hearts break, his heart breaks just like with Mary and Martha. He, but he doesn't just let us stay there. This is the good news that he walks with us through those troubled waters and that he speaks life into dead situations. and He brings those things to life. Fourth resurrection. So what we celebrate today is the resurrection of Jesus. This Easter Sunday morning is all about the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. We know that our sin and the sins of humanity require the ultimate sacrifice. 
The Bible says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Sin brings about death. The price for sin is death. There had to be an ultimate sacrifice. There had to be a spotless lamb. There had to be one that would take away the sins of the world. And there was only one, and his name is Jesus. Paul will write to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 5, verse 21. I love this verse. He says this, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for you and for me so that you and I could stand before God as sons and daughters of the Most High God as his righteousness. Jesus doesn't die on the cross for his righteousness. He doesn't die on the cross for his sake. He doesn't die on the cross for his fame or his glory or his eternal reward or his inheritance. He does it for you and for me. That's what's so powerful about Easter is that Jesus Christ left the glory and the splendor of heaven and came to this earth and made of himself no reputation, clothed himself in humanity, lived just as you and I did, yet without sin, and he dies sacrificially on the cross for us, but it doesn't end there. He raises from the grave. Because if he just dies on the cross, that's a tragic ending. Because a lot of people died on the cross. That was capital punishment in the first century by the Roman Empire. Matter of fact, some of the disciples will die on the cross. Peter will be crucified on a cross, but will be crucified upside down because he didn't feel it worthy to be crucified right side up because Jesus was. But the fact not that Jesus died on the cross is unique. The fact that he raises from the dead, that he comes to life, the resurrection, the Easter Sunday morning uh, service. (laughs) I'm getting a little spiritual there. The Easter Sunday morning resurrection story is where all the life is. Luke chapter 24, verse one says, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They were gonna basically prepare his body for burial. And when they found the stone rolled from the tomb, they went in and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And they were perplexed. Just stop there for a minute. You ever been perplexed about how God works? You're in good news. You're in good company. Right there it is. And they were perplexed about this. But behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And and they were frightened and they bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? For he is not here. He has risen. And 2,000 years later on Easter Sunday morning, we're still reading this account of Jesus' overcoming death hell and the grave. So today, before we conclude the message, before we conclude the story, before we conclude everything, I just want to ask you for a moment, just the band's going to make their way. And have you seen and accepted the heart of God with his full compassion? Like the compassion that he had on the widow who had lost her one and only son. Have you seen and accepted the heart of God with his faithfulness? The faithfulness that he shows there with Jairus' daughter that death does not limit him. That Jesus can do anything in all things and great is his faithfulness. Have you seen and accepted the the heart of God with, with presence? As Jesus sits there with Mary and Martha in their misery and their grief and just weeps with them before he does the miracle. 
Have you seen and accepted the heart of God today with justice that he has for you? The justice that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all, all unrighteousness. Faithful, he'll do it every single time. Just, he has the ability to do so because he died on the cross and he rose from the grave. That great resurrection story and account from the New Testament. I just want you to think about that for a few minutes and then I'm gonna come back and conclude the message. So if you're counting this morning, there's four resurrections that we've covered. The widow's son, Jairus' daughter, Lazarus, and Jesus. But Aaron, you said we were gonna cover five, that there were five things that happened, five things that take place, five resurrections that, that occur You're exactly right. Paul will write in Ephesians chapter two, this is the fifth resurrection we find in the New Testament. In verse one, and you were dead, it's us, in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air for the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among who all we once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with us, with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, the fifth resurrection story is a story that's still being written today. And that is someone who was lost, who becomes found. Someone who was blind, but now sees. It's that amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, that saved a wretch like you that we were lost and, our, and dead and our sins and transgressions. But Jesus Christ brings us to life. Jesus Christ does the resurrecting work. You see, because Jesus died, you and I can live. Because Jesus died, we can die to our sins, amen? Because Jesus died, we can die to our past. Because Jesus died, we can die to our mistakes. Because Jesus lives, amen? We can live free of sin. Because Jesus lives, we can live in confidence. Because Jesus lives, we have hope. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Amen. This world is not my home. I am only passing through. I believe that God will help me right now in the here and now, but I also know that the Bible says that there is an eternal reward because eternity has no beginning and it has no ending. It is, it's like God, it is, it was, and is to come and forevermore shall be. So today, the one verse that I have for you that was been the kind of the crux that I haven't even read, John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus says, for I am the resurrection and I am the life and whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. So today, I know there are many of you in this room that you've experienced that resurrection power, that Jesus Christ has come into your heart and come into your life and he's your Lord and he's your savior. And you know, if you were to face death, you know where you would go. But some of you in this room today, 
you know the truth, but you've just never accepted it. And I'm not asking you about being a member of a church. I'm not asking you about, about uh, taking communion or taking baptism. See, if, if outwardly signs saved us, it would, we, we would have a part of that. But Paul says, no, 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 no. It's by grace that we've been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. It's a gift of God, lest any of us would become boastful. See, I could become boastful because I've had X number of communions or X number of baptisms or I've been to church X number of years or my family's been. Paul says, no, 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 no. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Remember the thieves on the cross to the left and the right of Jesus? The one mocked him, but the other one said, have mercy upon me. And Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. That thief has not the ability to take communion. He has not the ability to follow the Lord in water baptism. But in that moment, when Jesus comes home to the glory and the splendor of heaven, having overcome death, hell, and the grave, who walks in with him? The thief who's only been saved but just a moment. That's how it works. It's by grace, it's not by me, it's not by you, it's not by our might, it's not by our power, it's through faith in Jesus Christ. And so today you may be here and just go, man, I've never accepted that. I know that, but I've not accepted that. I've not asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Or maybe, maybe you have, but you've walked a long way from it. I'm not your judge, man. I'm not your jury, nor am I your accuser. The Bible says that your accuser is Satan himself, that your judge is God the Father, but your advocate, your attorney, your counselor is none other than Jesus Christ. And the only thing that acquits you, the only thing that forgives you, the only thing that redeems you from your sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. I didn't write the book, I don't get editorial privilege. But the good news is all you have to do, according to Romans 10, nine and 10, again, not my words, but God's words. Romans 10, nine and 10 says, if I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, I will be saved, period. It's not about joining a church. It's not about writing a check to the church. It's not about any works or anything that you would do. It's a gift of God. So today, what I wanna do in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity to say, hey man, Aaron, I wanna give my life to Christ. And if that's you in just a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna ask you to slip up your hand high enough for me to be able to see it. I'm gonna say, thank you. You can put it up and back down. And then I'm going to pray with you. We're all gonna pray a prayer together. And praying the prayer is not what saves you. It's not what takes your sin. It's not what resurrects your life. It's do you believe the prayer that you're about to pray? That's what makes the difference. And if you do, then you can know that your sins are, the Bible says, cast as far as the east is from the west. The east never meets the west. Your sins are not just forgiven, but God forgets them and remembers them no more, period. That's amazing, because that's something you and I don't have the ability to do. I've been saved a long time but there are sins of my past and sins in my life that I've asked God to forgive me of that the enemy every once in a while just wants to throw up in my face. Usually about the time I'm about to come out and preach. And I have to remember his grace is sufficient in my weakness. It's not about me, it's about him. And the Bible says he takes your sins and casts as far as the east is from the west. He remembers them no more. And he makes you right with him today 
which means you live the best life you can this side of eternity, but you also know even more importantly that heaven is your home. And I wanna say this, I didn't say this in the first service, this isn't in my notes. We all face death. I was on the phone with my mother yesterday and her sister who is just right on the right at any moment. She's in the last stages. They're bringing the family around. They're giving her everything they can to sedate her, to, to make her calm and at peace. And we were on the phone yesterday. My mom's mom and dad have gone. Her older brother's gone. This is her last of that family group that's there and it's just her. I said, mom, you know, the Bible says that we mourn differently than those who have no hope. I said, mom, you know this, that to be absent in the body is to be present with the father. And this world is such a fleeting time. So instead of praying, and we know that God is the author and the finisher, that life is not taken except God gives it and he receives it. So pray for Aunt Joe's comfort in this passing, but more so pray for your own readiness because God's got this. And she goes, I know, I know, I just, I just, I just don't wanna see her in pain. I want her to see her go. I said, yes, but the Bible says he's, God's very clear that there's not a, that we don't, we're not here a second longer than we're supposed to be here. There is a timing to all of this. We all face this. We all face this in our own life. We face this with family, with friends. And when you come face to face with it, the conversation that I'm having you right with, with you right now becomes really, 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 really real. And maybe for some of you in this room, this will be a conversation, a message that will stick in your mind, kind of in your cerebral cortex that at some point in time, when you're facing a situation like this, I pray the Holy Spirit bring it back to your remembrance. Maybe for some of you today, you're facing that or you have family or friends or you're very, this is a fresh, you've had to deal with some life and death situations as of late. We all do. The question isn't, are we gonna face it? The question is, are we ready for eternity? That's the question. And it's not that we have this morbid wanting to die no, 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 man. I've got restaurants I want to eat at and golf courses I want to play, amen. Some of you have shopping malls you hadn't gotten to yet. Let's just be honest about it. Lakes you need to fish and water ski. But I'm ready. That's my question today. Are you ready? Have you died to your sins, your transgression? Have you allowed the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ to come into your life and to change you from the inside out? It all begins with confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, all of you in this room? No one looking around, no one moving around. I promise this will be 120 seconds. If you're here today and you were to say, Aaron, I need to give my life to the Lord. I need to be right with the Lord. I'm not, I just wanna pray with you. Would, you. would you just simply just slip up your hand high enough? Thanks, just up and back down. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Up and back down, thank you. Somebody else, thanks. Someone else, man, that's me. Would you just pray with me today? Thank you. Anyone else, just up and back down, thanks, thanks. Someone else, up and back down, thank you, thank you. What you're experiencing right now is not, it's the Holy Spirit. 
And if you're here, I just don't want to rush this moment. Is there anybody else who say, man, would you pray? I, I, want, I want to give my life to Christ. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Just up and back down. I want to give my life to Christ today. Thank you. Here's what I want to do with every head bowed and every eye closed. We're going to pray this prayer together. And if you believe the prayer that you're about to pray, then what we're talking about, that resurrecting power of Jesus Christ comes into your heart, comes into your life. And you can know that you're in right relationship today with the Lord and that your sins are forgiven and they have been forgotten by him. And you can also know that you're ready to meet God, that you're ready for what's on the other side, that you're ready for eternity. With those of you that have prayed this prayer before, lend your voice with people that are praying this prayer for the very first time. Father, I just thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, I thank you for coming to this earth, dying on the cross and raising from the grave. And I ask you to take my sin, my past, my mistakes, my failures and wash me clean. Take my sin and cast it as far as the east is from the west. I surrender my life to you today. Let your resurrecting power be alive in me on this Easter Sunday morning. In Jesus' name, I believe that you are the Son of God, born of a virgin lived a sinless life and died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray right now for every person that prayed this prayer. Lord, that the joy of the Lord would just flood their hearts because not only have their sins been forgiven, they've been forgotten by you, Lord. You remember them no more. God, you don't hold them against us. Lord, we are in right relationship with you. And there are people in this room, there are some people in this room, Lord, this is the very first time in their adult life that they have felt pure and clean and right and virtuous in this moment. And I just pray, let that joy of the Lord just flood their soul. I pray, God, let the peace of God that passes all understanding that, your, that the book of Galatians talks about, let it rule and umpire their hearts. I just pray, let it fill them right now. Father, I thank you, Lord for life change in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for loving us enough of giving your only son. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us enough to go to death on the cross and raising from the grave. And on this Easter Sunday morning, we give you praise and thanksgiving for resurrection life in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God praise for people that made decisions today?